Welcome to South London Hardcore. I'm Jack McEnroy, joined by Steve Walsh as always. Hello. And a special guest, uh, original on episode 16, Owen Pomery. Hello. We had a tweet earlier today, Steve, saying uh, from Sarah Hatch, friend of yours, saying, uh, a big fan of the show, saying her favorite, what her favourite three episodes were. And it was like Mayday, which is, I thought was one of our worst. You'd put a link up to uh, Multi's Culturalism episodes. Yeah. You said that, that was, was... her second favourite or silver medal. And I, just out of curiosity, asked for uh, more details. Do you have a Mayday, yeah, which uh, you didn't enjoy at all? No, I'm not a fan of that one, though. But um, I'm a big fan of the episode that Owen was on, episode 16. So, just if you were feeling bad about it, Owen. Uh, I'm not feeling particularly... What, should I be feeling bad about it? No, <laughs> because it was a strong episode. Go back and listen to it. We it sounds like about... Owen wasn't feeling bad about it until you suggested <laughs> that maybe he should. Now he is, so... We talked about comics, mostly, in that one. Uh, well, no, your, your illustrative uh, career... We touched on architecture as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're a double threat. And today we're going to be pulling in uh, architecture. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, some of the skyscrapers in uh, South London, the 10 biggest structures, with South London now being the home of Europe's largest building. But wait, that's coming up. We're starting from number 10. We're going to count down to number one. It's Western Europe, isn't it? Because Russia's got something. Not completed. Yeah. Not quite yet. No, yeah. So yeah, we, we, South London has the tallest building in Europe that's completed and ready to be uh, used. It's oh. a bit of fit out to do, isn't it? Oh, is that? It's yeah. not completed, it's is not it? Completed. Yeah. Oh right. So yeah, don't turn it off. Scrap, don't bother with this thing, episode. Well, I've, I've heard the fire alarm system's got to be put in, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, close close friend of mine is uh, <laughs> doing uh, floors fifty nine to sixty four, putting in fire alarms. So he reckons he's trying to take a picture out the window. But like, you just you can't see out of any of the windows because they've all got film on, or they've got like other things in front of them. So some of it, obviously, you can. But most of the floors he's been to, it's just been a bit of a dead loss. Okay. But we'll be telling you other vantage points in uh, South London if you want to get. Uh... So I'm going to Paris tomorrow, right? Which means I'm going to Paris last week or two weeks ago. <laughs> listeners. And uh, you got up the Eiffel Tower. Have you been up the Eiffel Tower? I have, yeah. I mean, the Eiffel Tower is incredible. I love it. I think it's beautiful. Especially at night, the way it's lit up and stuff. Yeah. But if you go up the Eiffel Tower, the view of Paris you get doesn't have the Eiffel Tower in it. Of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah Steve's a bit, a bit confused there. Yeah, now he understands. Yeah. Um, it's just, like Cole Pilkington's point, isn't it? About, do you live in a cave or a castle? And yeah, exactly. Live in a cave, live in a cave that faces castle. the castle. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, go up one of these buildings and look at the shard, isn't it? Jack uh, reinforcing his position is very much the Carl Pilkington. Of this podcast, <laughs> <just saying>. So, <laughs> Steve Matchin. <laughs> Thanks. At number 10, uh, we've got the Shell Centre um, on the South Bank area. Shell Centre was built in 1961. It's 107 metres high and has uh, 27 floors that are accessible. That was the first office tower that was built higher than the Palace of Westminster. Wow. Mm. Um, was it built by Shell, the oil company? Yeah, yeah, it's owned by Shell. It's the operational headquarters for Shell. Um, yeah, they use Portland stone and uh, bronze fixed window frames. Um, and at the time, 1961, the building was denounced by followers of the modern movement who felt uh, it wasn't bold enough for such uh, an extravagant adventure. Well, it seems quite traditional. Portland stone is obviously yeah. a classic sort of London building material. And they were sort of saying, come on, it's the 60s now. We've sort of embraced sort of modern techniques and stuff. They wanted tie-dye, didn't they? 
<laughs> I was just coming in. <laughs> Tie-dye cladding was a yeah. thing. Hmm. Why is there neon on this building? <laughs> <laughs> so what buildings would they have been happy with, these guys? Well, well uh, as it sort of, I mean, put it the same source on this one, but um, as a lot of people said, yeah, all right, it's not bang up to date, but a lot of stuff that's been built at the same time has sort of crumbled away, like yeah. the early sort of reinforced concrete structures haven't lasted, whereas the Portland Stone is still going strong. It's, it it, might, it might, might have been dull at the time, but it still stood up, so... You know. It's fine, it's a bit plain, isn't it? But it it's is, fine, yeah. I think. Yeah. It's a bit of a non event, you wouldn't sort of think of it, would you? No. But arguably, they were quite bold with what they put inside it, considering it was built purely as an office building. Um, there was a swimming pool and a gymnasium for the staff to use, which, you know, we think of as not standard now, but certainly for an office building, it's not uh, particularly odd. You have to have a shower these days if you're making your office. Of course, yeah, that's, for cyclists. People cycling there, yeah. yeah. That's just, legal. It's that's legal. No, if you build a new, you don't have to fit one retrospectively. But yeah. if you build a new one, you've got to have one. Yeah. Wow. Cyclists and. Do you have to put a bath in? Because yeah. Steve, you know, <laughs> you know Steve, he does. He's a big bath fan. Oh really? Well, see, yeah. I lived in a flat for many years. I only had a bath, so I, you know, I was bath every morning, type guy. That's so. me. That's me now. Not right now. I'm not in a bath. Here's a sub point, and this is probably not relevant at all, but I was talking to a guy who works with another guy, he's getting a bit tennis already. <laughs> <laughs> but his dad, right, um, always takes a bath, right? Two baths Wherever a day. Wherever he goes. <laughs> Two a day, right? Yeah. yeah. And in each one, he puts half a bottle of Dettol. <laughs> <laughs> well, so he's on a bottle of Dettol a, a day. day? Yeah, he cannot get clean enough. <laughs> he's, kind of, he's just backed up with Dettol. Ridiculous, isn't it? He must like Is healthy. No, clearly not. <laughs> no, he, must, he must be legally blind and just like dogs, just like barking if he's only half a mile of a minute. That's outrageous. How much dental do you use in your bath? Then? I'm like a cat for Do you use dental in a bath? No, I don't use dental in a bath. No one, no one does. It's not that except this guy. <laughs> no, but to, uh, I think we need you to prefer just regular bleach, Steve. Yeah, just uh, you know, <laughs> for <laughs> toilet toilet. <laughs> <laughs> They also built uh, a supermarket into the building. Because obviously, if anything against 1961, so there's not a supermarket there, but it's quite a good idea. We've all worked in places and you have to go miles to get something to eat. So that's not a bad idea. It's, you know, good for you. Snooker room. It's a nice gesture. Yeah. Um, a rifle range. What? Yeah, probably a bit much. <laughs> probably Where? In the basement. They had a rifle range for the uh, employees. It's so on your lunch hour. If, you, if you're not a swimmer or, uh, you know a fan of uh, snooker then you just uh, come down a few rounds off even more incredibly uh, they had a theatre designed by Cecil Beaton built into mm-hmm. the building um, mm-hmm. had a fly tower had a proper arrangement of ropes and pulleys to allow for uh, the set to be changed without um, lots of stage hands. is it still there? Uh, it's not in use anymore, unfortunately. They've probably handed it over to like uh, some sort of IT subdivision. But just about there, at any point, someone thought, building off the building, there's no way we're doing this without a set of beaten designed theatre equipment with a fly tower. We're putting it next to the rifle range. Have you got anything bad to say about Shell, Steve? You know, you're a bit of a radical kind of. Uh... No, they're brilliant. I mean, they've. What have they ever done wrong? They're, uh... um, I'm a radical firebrand, of course, that's what you're going to say, isn't it? I went to school uh, not far from there. Um, London Local, as people well know, regular listeners. And for the three years that I went swimming, we went in the uh, swimming pool underneath the Shell building. Oh, yeah. So in that basement, there's like a Olympic standard pool. I don't know if it is, but it's kind of it's that kind of thing. And like, uh, it's got sort of two 
two kind of tiers of seating. You know, it's like really fancy, man. It's remarkable. The diving board is like, you know, when you get a really high one. <laughs> I don't know how high. Several feet. There's like two diving boards, and like at the end of swimming each week, I hated swimming. I don't like. I've never been a fan. And uh, but you'd have to go up on the dive. Everyone would have a go off the diving board. You had to, or you could. Well, there was one kid who didn't, and he just was mercilessly teased all the way home. And that man was Jack Macklemore. No, I just I, know, I hate on the world each week. I was terrified, man. But you, like, but you would do it. Just yeah, because it's one of those things where you're just in the air for like quite a long time. Head it first. Seems. Would you jump? No, head just, just jump. First. Just like okay. just jump, and you know, right, that's over. Now I can go uh, go and get changed. You know, yeah. in you know, in the towel. Anything that you're sort of aware of yourself in in free fall, that's quite a distance, I was thinking. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because mm. normally you jump off something, you hit the ground straight away. Yeah, it's quite. And you go, once you hit the water as well, you go so far down as well, you're like, you know. They tell you, they tell you these are the best years of your life, but, you know, it's, it's, been, it's been so long since I've been forced to jump from a height mm. that I didn't want to. And I'm all the better for it, I think. Well, on the subject of uh, falling from great heights uh, in the news, uh, maybe f- about three or four years ago. There was a guy who uh, he'd worked at the Shell Building since its uh, construction, so sixty-one. Yeah, so like it's fifty odd years, uh, well, fifty years, say maybe slightly less. And uh, he'd had a, I presume he was up on a high floor. He always had like a nice view of London. And on his last day for retirement, shouldn't off, he uh, went up with a camera to take like a picture of the view and fell off it to his death. What sort of picture was it? Leaning out or something? Yeah, he was just like, oh yeah, no, I better get a bit further over the side. And just like, on retire- like the day he was retiring. So That's tragic. That is, is the definition of tragedy, really, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's almost like some gun getting for his leaving, sort of knocking on his... Oh, oh I know. Bad best one well, well, yeah. Securing up, we found him, actually, down the bottom. Well, it would have caused a scene, wouldn't it? Yeah. 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 Swimmers from London Waterfall on their way to... Uh, be traumatised in the fall. Number nine, got uh, King's Reach Tower, built in 1972. Even closer to my school, Steve. Is it? On Stamford Street, Did you Street, ever go yeah. there as like a school visit or anything? No, you do your stats and I'll... Okay. Uh... It's 111 metres high, um, 31 storeys. It's a brutalist design, which is... Uh, it's a favourite of yours, yeah, isn't it? It's as a style. Friend of the show. The brutalist design of King's Reach Tower. So that was near school, you never went on a school trip or anything? Uh, no, we didn't. Um, but Milroy Walk is the kind of walkway that passed underneath it. It was like kind of an indoor kind of alleyway type thing. And everyone would go. Everyone who's going to Blackfriars Station to go home would go through there. And it was like a mini market and a cafe and stuff. And I remember, I didn't. I never used to go that way. I used to go and get the forty-five. But I remember uh, one time in assembly, they made the deputy head made an announcement that all children from London North were banned from Milroy Walk. Uh, what had you shop, done? I think shoplifting uh, or something. I mean, mm-hmm. someone was causing some aggro under there, so everyone had to go like the long way to Blackfriars Station. You like, can't give kids months. a covered walkway, can you? Because they will just do things. Yeah, they? even at a kind of prestigious uh, naval Nork. naval Nork. college. <laughs> but no, my mum. Yeah, she said I shouldn't say this on the show, but my mum used to work there as a cleaner. She had like an early morning cleaning job. Remember when uh, British nationals uh, worked cleaning jobs in the morning now and then. Yeah. yeah, at King's Reach. Yeah, at King's oh. Reach Tower. She used to come out. IPC magazines, which you'll come onto in a moment, I'm sure Steve was based there, and she used to go in and like hoover their offices and stuff, and come home with like copies of Looking for us. Oh, brilliant! Well, for us, isn't it? She had to go up at four o'clock to like <laughs> <laughs> to earn minimum wage. Not, not all upsides. Yeah, at this point, our uh, 
comics episodes will have been released. So we've gone into quite a lot of detail there about IPC magazines who are based at King's Reach Tower. IPC and Fleetway obviously, as we said earlier, um, published pretty much every famous British comic, barring uh, Beano, Dandy and uh, uh, Viz. Um, and King's Reach Tower itself appeared a lot of times in the comics, most famously as the home of Tharg's Nerve Centre when he was editor of uh, 2018 magazine. And there was a wonderful conceit that uh, the building was actually uh, a rocket ship and had rockets underneath ready to launch it out of the ground if Tharg needed to uh, make a quick getaway. So needed, yeah. Don't know how they got the planning permission for that. <laughs> it's not a particularly attractive building, I don't think. Brutalist. That's, that's what we're back to, isn't it? It's very yeah. sort of squared. I mean, if you compare it to the Shell Centre, I've got a soft spot. I mean, I, I guess... I'll take the Shell Centre, personally. I think there's, there's brutalism, there's brutalism as far as I'm concerned. I don't think that's a great... Example. For me, it's not a shining example of it. I mean, it's, it's all right, but it's nothing... It's not the South Bank Centre, It's not it? the South Bank Centre, Because <laughs> there's a few towers along near the King's Reach, isn't there? Which... The Oxo, which, is, uh, which obviously doesn't make our list because it's not big enough, but that's, uh, that's a lovely town. Well, King's Reach Tower yeah. re- replaced Southwark Tower, didn't it? It was built on the, the same point as another uh, tower. Was that some stuff there? Yeah. yeah, yeah. The Oxo Tower, um, they didn't have uh, permission. I haven't looked this up yet, but this is not a story. They didn't have permission to put their name on it, so they just built it into the windows. Yeah, they wanted to uh, put the name of the company, but you're not allowed, to, you weren't allowed at the time to put logos on the side of the building. Is it also as in the uh, cubes? Yeah. 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 So just, as you say, built into the design of the building. It was sort of, um, they were going to take it down, weren't they? Uh, the whole thing, quite recently, when the whole sort of South Bank redevelopment. Yeah. And then Which is remarkable, of, isn't it? There was a bit of, of, yeah, I know. There was a bit of a sort of campaign petition and that, and they kept it. And, and it's uh, become it's quite a, absolutely, yeah, it's yeah, a prestigious spot now, isn't it? Yeah. Um, our friend Glenn, he's got a friend who... Uh, it's got a flat in there, like an ho- a housing association flat. In <laughs> so the Oxford Tower. In the Oxford Tower, yeah, but it's uh, south facing. So he kind of teases him that it's, he's got that far, but he's still sort of facing back at South London. <laughs> a bit up the restaurant, that's very good. I've yeah, been to the restaurant, it's yeah. supposed to be, yeah. yeah. Superb. Nice view. Do you know which window you're looking out of from the restaurant? Is it what, the OEA? Which right at the, the top, so it's just a big glazed sort of bit. Oh, right, okay. So you can go on like a terrace and stuff. I mean, I, I went on a work too, so I wasn't looking to afford it, but... <laughs> anyway. Someone else's dollar, innit? Exactly, yeah. And this was back in glory days before the recession kicked. I, w- I will have dessert, thank you. <laughs> a year later, I think I went to the local pub. Yeah. More olives, please. <laughs> Number eight, Battersea Power Station. Began construction in the 1930s. Construction finally finished, because there's two sort of separate stages to the build. Mm. Um in 1955 it's 160 metres high those would be the uh, chimneys yeah for me it's all the more impressive that there's nothing really around it of height so it looks yeah. sort of like really yeah it just dominates yeah. doesn't it yeah I recently went on a, uh, the end of year school party and we went on a boat right yeah. and uh, someone I text my friends and say don't call me I'm going to be on a boat party and he texted me back saying that it was very entourage it wasn't. <laughs> on the boat, there was one of the kind of wooden panels, like just like kind of like a skirting board type thing, 
just like by the bar, I leant on it and it just kind of came away. Like with these kind of pins sticking out. Like an entourage. <laughs> Very much like an entourage. <laughs> so it wasn't exactly decadent. The food was atrocious. It's called the, uh, I think it was the King Edward, I think. Um, and yes, don't go on that, man, if you're uh, thinking of booking a boat party. It's just like, you had to, it said, they said barbecue, it wasn't. It was just like a load of oven cooked burgers and you had to assemble it yourself. You had to go up there and put it inside a bun <laughs> at my end of year party. <laughs> But um, it just sailed up and down the Thames, yeah. And I think it's the first time I've ever been on the Thames. Uh-huh. I ended up deep in conversation most of the evening, so I didn't, um, you know, I wasn't... You enjoyed it despite the backdrop rather than... Well, no, what I'm saying is I didn't, I wasn't just, like, kind of taking it in, really. Yeah. But when we went past Battersea Power Station, like, on the river, it was a tremendous sight, man. Because obviously it's been cleaned up, hasn't it, in yeah. recent years. But it just, like, it's, you know... It's iconic, isn't it? It's a beautiful building. I think I really, really like it. Just um, on the, the opening ceremony Olympics, that sort of the start when they sort of pan over the. I watched it in a bar, quite a lot of people. As soon as we got to Batsy Power Station, massive cheer goes up. Wow! Not sort of. It has. It's got yeah, a really it's, it's sort, sort of, of strong position, yeah. isn't it, in the popular consciousness? Well, on the cover of the Pink Floyd album as well, isn't yeah. it, with yeah. the uh, flying pig animals? Is it called? Yeah. yeah. Where was the pub? Was it in Battersea? That you oh. were watching the uh... no, it was at like, it was at the uh, the Roxy Bar and Screen on uh, Borough High Street. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So they had it up on the cinema screens. Oh, oh lovely! They were, yeah, really good atmosphere actually. I've never been there, but they've got some good things going on. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, didn't you cool. come? We went to see that German film. The uh, um, what's his name, man? The um, guy who made Wings of Desire, Vin Vendors. Oh yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it was really boring, man. <laughs> this is a really long German film. <laughs> Saw that there. But yeah, it was yeah, good. The only trouble I have with it is because it, it it does type film and then it does sort of big sporting, well, mm. even small sporting events. Yeah, yeah. So, like, literally by the hour, it'll be sort of like a small sort of art sort of contingent. And, and then it'll suddenly... change to like sort of Chelsea Yay! fans. Yeah, exactly. So you go past and you're just like, I wouldn't be seen dead in there, or you know, <laughs> I want to go in. I think it changes. You go past thinking, I wouldn't be seen dead in there, suddenly they've got the football. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Murray's just won the gold medal. And it's at Wimbledon, so we can legitimately mention it, can't we? Brilliant. Batsy Power Station's the largest brick structure in Europe. And given that it was built in 1955, and then you have the sort of rise of concrete as the preferred form it's probably going to hold that title for as long as it stays upright isn't it I can't imagine quite someone now yeah. sort of commissioning a larger brick built building you can't really get much bigger with brick because it starts to uh, collapse under its own weight like bricks don't work in compression because um, you need sort of steel and reinforcement and stuff like that yeah, yeah. so yeah so it will be the the chamfer as long as it which is another reason because there's a lot of like you say it's been cleaned up recently and it's basically been spruced up to be sold isn't it but there was talk about knocking it down and building something else there but you know aesthetically as well as culturally it's so important isn't it it's been yeah the future of it has been uh, up in the air for as long as I can remember and obviously it's just recently uh, they've said no Chelsea Football Club you can't have it we're going to give it to this Malaysian company I don't know what they're going to do but yeah it's always been just you never know what's going on with it every month there's a new scheme coming out in the yeah. mm. architectural press and whatever Theme park that was uh, was suggested yeah. for a long time. Parkview Mall is going to be uh, Europe's largest uh, shopping. No center. more malls, please. Yeah, don't need just open shops, shops on roads. That's fine. Yeah. Um, flats has been discussed. Again, you know, 
depends what sort of facts we're talking about, doesn't it? Well, it's not going to be housing association, is it? No. Um, the best suggestion that I've read uh, was from Urban Park. Basically, just to build uh, parkland around it. And just have. And it's just outside, and people can touch it and have a picnic on it. Yeah, appeared in Doctor Who and Sherlock, among other TV shows. Jack yeah. doesn't enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Should we get on board with Sherlock? I watched the first series, it was alright, but it's not as good as like an American programme, is it? I don't know, I was quite taken with it. Yeah. I liked one out of the three in the first series. The first one. In fairness, I haven't seen, I've only seen the second series. Yeah, I did hear the second series was the better. Ba- the Hand of Baskerville's episode is one of the worst episodes of television I've ever watched. You think? Yeah. Do you not think? Oh, it was all, I was quite taken. That was alright, wasn't it? One of the main clues was dependent on a secret organisation making t-shirts for everyone who's a part of that secret organisation. It's a good point. I <laughs> At that point, I was like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, it's a secret organ- so we're going to make t-shirts, hand that at the end of the project, and then uh, don't forget to wear them and be photographed in your secret t-shirts. Because at some point, Sherlock Holmes might need to get a glance. That's a good point. <laughs> it shows up in uh, the Jam video for News of the World. I only mentioned that because we did a music videos episode about a month ago, so... The other bands that have used it, um, obviously Pink Floyd, uh, The Beatles appears uh, in Help. Does it? Yeah. Uh, Judas Priest and Hawkwind have also uh, filmed performances there. And take that. So, uh, full spectrum. Open to everyone. I think we made it sound like it was going to be ten buildings, didn't we, Steve? But now as we get to number seven... We've said skyscrapers. We've said structures. It does. This one certainly scrapes the sky, doesn't it? It kind of revolves against the sky. Mm. It's the London Eye. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> what, um, what year was the London I built? Uh, 99 Had to be, didn't it? Because it was the Millennium Again, World right? It's all, this is all related to my school days But uh, yeah, you used to go I used to go get the 45 to school And sort of going, going up Blackfriars Road there was You'd see it um, I'm not sure which road it was done But you could kind of see it And, you know, kind of through the, through the buildings And each day like, or each week, you'd see, like, another pod would be on it. It was kind of up, you know, uh, flat, wasn't it? And then it kind of went up right yeah, slowly. Yeah. Yeah. It was, like, kind of a real kind of... Uh, it was like watching a time-lapse. Do you know what I mean? Like, every day you'd see, like, it was a bit... A bit more progression. Yeah, like, kind of quite clear where you'd have another kind of glass pod on it. I mean, there was rumours that one fell off and floated down the river, but I don't think that was true. <laughs> <laughs> that happened in The Simpsons. I don't know if that happened in real life. Height, Steve? 135 metres. Yeah, it's a great building, isn't it? Or a great structure. Yeah, it was a great idea, I think. Yeah. What is, you know, you stick a massive Ferris ball in the middle of the city. You like, don't get enough. And it dominates the skyline. Enough urban planning where they go, we're going to just put part of a fun theory. Mm. It's the, what is it, the most popular paid attraction in the UK? Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. I suppose it's just non-stop, isn't it? People getting yeah, on. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, booked in, it? and it's not cheap. It's about between 15 and 20 quid to go. Well worth it. You've been up it, both of you? I have, yeah. I got, my mum got, um, I don't know where she got the tickets, but she gave them to me because I'm kind of quite, I'm quite tight. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was great, I thought, man. I went up at New Year's. Because uh, you get a good, Eve, decent you? amount of time in there as well, didn't you? Oh, you were in there for New Year's Eve, eh? Christmas, no, Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. It was uh, Christmas Eve a few years ago. I was working at Waterstones. And uh, maybe Mark Staples was there as well. But a few of us were just sort of walking around that way. We're like, let's go to London. Because it's deserted because like half of London's oh, yeah. out of London. It's great. Really, really good. I've been up there a couple of times, once sort of earlier on, when it was sort of relatively new, and um, once quite recently actually, because my girlfriend moved to London, she hadn't been up it, so I went up it again. I was just as impressed the second time, to be honest. Yeah, yeah it's great, isn't it, having that kind of uh, 360 
yeah. just kind of wandering about. I'm pretty sure Nick Robinson was on the pod in front of me. Oh, really? Definitely a bald man with glasses. <laughs> yeah, that's not conclusive. I reckon it? it was him, though, man. <laughs> <laughs> Did you um, experience the uh, the fourth fourth day experience? No. Um, was that the thing that was next to it for a while? Well, it's sort of... If you get a ticket to go on it now, or was the other month when we went, um, you have to you go through like a sort of a, like a simulation of it before you get on it, which is a bit odd. A simulation yeah. of the lungs of Yeah, and it sort of shows it in various weather conditions. The sort of the fourth dimensional element is they sort of sprinkle water at you when it goes through the rain and stuff. <laughs> and it's How much extra was that? No extra. You just not know. Just, uh, just, just get wet. Part of the ticket. I'm not going to charge you any more getting wet. Mm. When you say 4D, so is it like an IMAX type immersive thing or is it just a screen? You're stood and there, you're wearing, you're, wearing, you're wearing 3D glasses. Okay. They, you're up to three dimensions there. And in the fourth bit, they sort of blow wind at you and sort of stuff. <laughs> and then, yeah. So blow wind at you, go, at no point will you feel wind. <laughs> <laughs> These are the sort of experiences you can't expect to find. The piece is taken from the perspective of a seagull. Okay. Um, which sort of flies around it and you sort of get to see it. Oh. And then it goes through like and it goes through um, like night, and then there's fireworks going off it. And okay. Seagulls are unperturbed by that. <laughs> it's amazing how often they try and push a sense as another dimension, isn't it? I know. <laughs> yeah, not dimensions. <laughs> Water is not a dimension. <laughs> well, the London Bridge experience are now uh, boasting a five D experience. <laughs> Wind and rain yeah. at the same time—it's remarkable. I think it's that you get to interact back at the stuff. So you, I think you get to shoot things. So that's you. Your input is the fifth dimension. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, very much uh, clutching the straws there. Oh look, Murray's hugging, hugging Hemman. He got a silver. Do you know Hemman won a silver medal at the Olympics? Yeah. See, nobody cares. <laughs> um, it's still the tallest Ferris wheel in Europe but it isn't the tallest Ferris wheel in the world it was when it was built it's one in Singapore now isn't it yeah it's not one in China um, it's appeared in loads of films and TV shows Flushed Away Cars 2 Madagascar 3 Cars 2 yeah Cars 2 because they're in Europe aren't they are they well yeah. they got the racist uh, pickup truck haven't they I've not seen get it. her done you know Larry the cable guy <laughs> you familiar with his work no there's a comic in America, I don't know his real name, but he wears a dungarees and a, and a trucker hat, and his name is Larry the Cable Guy. Oh, and he does like quite, he's like um, Roy Chubby Brown, or uh, right. what was the other guy's name? Bernard Manning, just doing that kind of, you know, humour for racists. Right, yeah. Um, and David Cross, you know, from uh, Arrested Development, and also, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, very, very good uh, stand up comedian. He had some kind of run in with him, and then David Cross just recorded an open letter to Larry the Cable Guy where he just absolutely tears him apart. It's on YouTube, it's well worth a watch because David, whatever David Cross does, is worth watching. But yeah, they then they gave him like one of the major roles in uh, as his character Larry the Cable Guy doing a pickup truck in like a Disney a Pixar film. film. Yeah, yeah. yeah, a bit strange. Never too young for kids. Introduce a younger generation yeah. to uh, hillbilly humour. <laughs> Silver Surfer, Rise of the Silver Surfer, Steve. Yeah, Thunderbirds, and obviously Wimbledon, as we discussed in our uh, South London oh, yeah. Sports Films episode. They got it wrong, how it works, innit? They thought you could just run in and run out punching people. But... Thunderbirds? Thunderbirds, yeah. There's a scene where uh, Thunderbird 2 sort of flies down the Thames past... Uh... It's not a plot Who's in Thunderbirds, man? Uh... I can't remember. Live people, action. I've yeah. missed this, when... Yeah, that it was a few years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Radio, yeah. haven't it? <laughs> 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 yeah man that's kind of passed me by not, um, not puppets no I'm sure that was, was very much part of the charm wasn't it 
Yeah, that was like oh, the whole thing. Job. You wouldn't yeah. watch it, would you? Yeah. There you go, that <laughs> looks nice. And they didn't Those are good models. Close up real lands, wasn't it? Because <laughs> no one could. No, uh, no one could open a briefcase. That's <laughs> <laughs> where you go, Jeffy. So magician, isn't he? The things he has puppets to do. Yeah. He's got them with working opposable thumbs. It's, what was uh, your favourite uh, of the uh, Jerry Anderson shows? Too Stingray. I was a big fan of Stingray. I have to mm. say, Joe Ninety for me. No, I just just wanted to say a different one. Stingray was it. I, I didn't have any uh, strong opinion on them. Oh, yeah. I thought they all looked they all looked fantastic, didn't they? But I liked uh, Captain Scarlet as well. It was quite it took us a bit more seriously, didn't it? Captain Scarlet with the Misterons. Yeah, although yeah. I sort of thought in the same way that sort of Superman loses its appeal. It's just like he's indestructible. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah, yeah. Captain Scarlet. His unique point is indestructible. Don't send anyone else on the missions. Just indestructible. <laughs> like Captain Green, like. He's a, just a regular man. Don't, <laughs> don't send him. He's an indestruct, indestructible one. You know, it just sort of seems relevant. The um, production design on them, if, if it was live action, just gorgeous. One of the costumes and the yeah. sets and the buildings, everything was just spot on, wasn't it? Pulling it back to the eye, right? The uh, Millennium World, as we briefly called it. Yeah. It went the opposite way of the uh, dome, really, didn't it? They both went up at the same time, and one of them, as you say, became London's uh, premier uh, tourist attraction, and the other one was just a colossal uh, loss of money. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it went into private hands, and then once it goes into private hands, it's a different thing, isn't it? But saying that, the London Eye is is British Airways, isn't it? Not EDF, now, is, isn't it? is it? Yeah, EDF. But I mean, this is the thing. Even if it was in and of itself a thing, it would be hugely profitable because it's. 15 to 20 pounds a go and a constant dream of people going away. The fact that they can tie in commercial sponsors, someone is calling it in massively. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that owned by the Two Swords group, isn't it? That's right, yeah, it is, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. it was sort of split between like one of the architects who designed it and someone else. And if they sold off their share, I hope they got a decent price for it. I'm, sh- I'm sure they did alright out of it. Yeah. Yeah. 50,000 I won't go lower well if not man you always just you walk down the street I'll, I'll design that yeah so, sure enough. you're happy enough do you want to come home with me <laughs> <laughs> I've used that a few times so. <laughs> uh, you see the gherkin over there mixed result a <laughs> um, few bands of recorded videos involving it R.E.M. Stephen Gately Status Quo uh, number 6 we have Guy's Hospital Opens in 1721, but the reason we're talking about it is Guy's Tower, which opened in 1974. It's 143 metres high, 34 storeys, and is the tallest hospital in the world. Some some claim, isn't it? Yeah. It's the, most, the tallest all-hospital yeah. building. So which it sort of suggests there's one out there which has got like flats above it. You've got to go through A and E to get to the concierge or whatever. <laughs> so it seems a bit odd. I'm, I'm sure it's reflecting the rent. This is the thing. Everyone's like, it's well cheap. I do have yeah. to go buy amputees to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. It's not ideal. Not a blood in the lift. But <laughs> if you go on YouTube, right, and type in Guy's Hospital, there's an extraordinary amount of videos of people going up in the lifts and like just going like a 10 minute video going, Guy's lift B tour and they just show you like the doors open they go you know this floor wasn't open because like honestly about 8 videos I only watched one same person posting them or... no different people man no. I don't I know if lift tours say... is like a sub genre of uh... 
YouTube videos. I thought you were going to say if you put guys hospital into YouTube, there's loads of like videos of just guys in hospital. <laughs> it takes ages to find any footage about this building. Um, we were talking about it briefly before, and I was saying I think the idea of a very small hospital is ridiculous because yeah, evacuation, but also just ancient city people try and avoid any sort of things. We have to move them up and down stairs. Yeah, yeah. We well, <laughs> <laughs> they have lifts, man. Let's not like to to uh, orderlies getting at each end of a gurney. <laughs> I'm in a hurry. Yeah. All three of my siblings were born there, and uh, you would die at hospital. Then. I was born in Dallas Hospital, no space at King's College, obviously, no beds. Go a mile up the road, they said, up the hill, over the hill. Kings. Steve was born in Kings. They make spaces are good ones. Shrews- Shrewsbury General. I was at Bridge North. Bridge North, sorry. now no longer do uh, childbirth. No. no, they don't in the one I was born in, and the hospital Lakeisha was born in is now a Tesco. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. They do deliver though, don't they? Hey. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so all my siblings were born there. I um, I was telling Owen earlier, Steve told you before, this big scar I've got on my elbow. I uh, was trying to do a wheelie on a mountain bike at one point, and uh, I was 19. And I was, you know, I was kind of a little bit obsessed with being able to do wheelies, even though I had no wheelie skills. Also, it's a mountain bike, so it's not... Yeah, exactly. So I did a bit of a wheelie, and it was like a kind of maybe a second and a half. So I looked round to see if my friends were watching, and they weren't. And... As I kind of turned back, the kind of handlebars had kind of turned a bit and I ended up going over the front of the bike, landed directly onto my elbow and the bike landed on my back, which, you know, was the least painful part. And the tip of my elbow broke off and in the x-ray, the the tip of my elbow is like three inches up my arm where the muscles pulled it up, like this bit of elbow. So I went to... Um, I went to St. Thomas's and guys, right? I can't remember now. They put me in that. I got there and they put me in an ambulance to the other one. So I can't remember which way around it was. It wasn't you being fussy. Or on a second opinion. I think, you know what? I think they put they put a pin in in, uh, in St. Thomas's. But then when I had it removed, it was in guys. So like, um, just had this metal pin in my arm for a year. But that was the only, that was the only kind of big experience I've had in guys. Oh no, and uh, I think when, I, when the boomerang came back and hit me in the forehead. And I had to have stitches. <laughs> I think that was uh, guys. You're not as well. expecting that at any level. It was the only <laughs> gen- genuine. It was the only time it really came back. Like we were, <laughs> we were over Burgess Park, and like um, me and my dad and my sister, and like I was very young. I must have been. I've got the memory of it is very vague. I must couldn't have been older than seven. And you know, just throwing it, and it was just not really coming back. And then one time, it just re- you know, just yeah. did a proper three sixty, man. I got pretty good on the boomerang as a kid. You're very okay. sporty, man, we've established. Came back and caught, could catch it quite regularly. Yeah. I just kind of watched it hit me right Jack, in the forehead. Jack caught it, just with uh, <laughs> his face. Blood everywhere. Really? What was the boomerang made of? It was plastic, right? But it was like... Sharpened. Down. It, it <laughs> was sort point. of... No, but it was, yeah, it was kind of like quite sharp. Sort of the sort of plastic, like, if you just went out on someone's arm, you would leave a massive red line. Yeah. You must have been to Guy's Hospital, Steve. Um... Oh, unless I'm going to be dragging up a horrible story. <laughs> um, I don't remember ever going there. I must have done it at some point, but I have no recollection. Kings is where I was born. Yeah, Kings is most of my hospital visits. It's quite, uh, it's quite, it spreads all over the place, doesn't it? Yeah, you sort of go, once you're in that area, you find it. Yeah, I mean, you live around the corner, Owen, do you? Yeah, it's out the window, so and the, now I sort of work at the base of it, pretty much. Just on Owen's street, so. Luckily, you've not had to go in there, though, yeah? I've not, no. Yeah. I'd like to, just out of curiosity. Really. Well, it's, of all these kind of buildings that uh, 
you know, these tall buildings in South London, you can have a look round. Imagine that would be the easiest one to go up and have a look, man. Just go out, press the biggest lift number you can. And see how high you can get up. Yeah. Well, apparently, the, I mean, we're talking about, it's not particularly practical, but the, the, a big chunk of the top floors are a dental school, so that isn't stacked full of amputees, and they've got to get out at five. They're all sort of mobile people at the top yeah. bit of it. So They thought about it, didn't they? <laughs> Don't put the amputees on the same floor. Well, I always want, and this probably would be a great time to research this, but I still haven't done that, but what's that bit that sticks out at the top? Do you know what I mean? That's yeah, all. that's a bit what, odd, isn't it? What is man? that? It's just a bit of rubbish design, I think. But that's not, that's quite, that's quite an effort to put that on. It's not like a <laughs> yeah. of, it'd be easy not to have it. Do you think it? maybe they made the top and they just got the measurements wrong? And they just <laughs> whack it on anyway. The blueprint's like sideways. Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming it's some sort of plant, but I don't know. As in, not, not an organic not, not uh, vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> it's a trifid. Uh, like a sort of plant work for the lips. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. that, that kind of caper. The actual hospital itself was founded by Thomas Guy, who made St. Thomas's Guy. Same guy? Uh, no, probably not. No, no. But they are affiliated, aren't they? So, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, very much so. Maybe that's why it's Thomas's was. Um, Thomas Guy made his fortune initially as a publisher of unlicensed Bibles. Saw that, yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, and you had to have a license to get to. Yeah, you had to be like um, approved by the. Uh, who would it be? Same as the place. Oh, the king, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, royal or something. Or thought. Yeah, in the same way, the um, plays would have to be approved by the local. So it's like a sort of it's like an official autobiography. Need to put his own bits in and stuff. <laughs> his own personal opinions. <laughs> gospel according to Guy. <laughs> Guy's Gospel. <laughs> New edition now up to uh, 15 commandments. and still coming. So, uh, yeah, he took uh, the fortune he'd made from our bubble, invested in the South Sea bubble, and seems to be one of the few people that actually made on it. So he just came out of that particular device. What's the like, South Sea bubble? Uh, it was basically a, a, a pyramid scheme that was uh, propagated in the 18th century. Where's the South Sea? Uh, sort of India. Oh, right. Yeah, it was, the idea was this company was set up to uh, import precious silk and metals and herbs from that area back to Britain, and whoever invested it would like make 100 times money back, but they never actually you know, got around to getting any ships or anything. It just, they just turned into a thing where everyone was like, you haven't bought any shares in the South Sea Company yet, you must be crazy. That you're mm. And he... Got in, and obviously around about a third of the way through, so sort of went, this is too good to be true, and just sold off his shares at a huge profit. But then, fair play to him, built a hospital. So, you know. yeah, what have you ever done? <laughs> I wasn't having a pop at him. Two of the most famous alumni who have worked there, um, William Gold and James Hinton. William Gold killed all those prostitutes under the name of Jack the Ripper. Perhaps uh, both of them feature. Call it to Alan Moore. Both of them feature in the Final Solution, which Alan Moore used to uh, uh, base from hell on. And I think there's a scene in Guy's Hospital in From Hell as well. So yeah, there is. Yeah. yeah, and obviously the scene where Hinton and Goal are wandering around St Paul's, discussing uh, time and space, would have had them just across the road from Guy's. Obviously, it's on, on their lunch break, isn't it? Just mm. uh, wander over and talk about how um, time has a space. We touched on uh, from hell last week, but only briefly though, Steve. We could have, we could probably go in depth one day, couldn't we? I could, 
easily. I mean, we did it for the reading group last month. It was my choice, and I just basically talked for about an hour, boring people <laughs> to tears about various things. Steve was born on William Goldwald, King's College character. Yeah. I only found it out after I, I'd read from her, I loved it, and was raised on by and I said, Yeah, there's this surgeon called William Gold, and Alan Moore said, Oh, uh, you were born on William Goldwald, and I was like, Okay. <laughs> um, to bring things almost completely up to date um, do you know about the boiler suit is this the uh, aluminum siding it's getting yeah, it's got is it yeah the boiler room I thought it was in place the boiler room no, I think no, they're putting a load of metal uh, aluminium on the outside and reglazing it are they Alan what hang on what's happening the boiler room at uh, yeah we're talking about two different things what's the boiler room are you talking about the thing with the sort of... Uh, That's it. Yeah, it's, is that Heatherwick or something? It is Thomas Heatherwick. Yeah. Who also... Did the uh, Olympic torch. The cauldron, yeah. yeah. Which, uh, oh, right. Which was an amazing... Everyone hailed as a triumph. Yeah, I thought that was... incredible? Uh, yeah, it was very, very good. Well, yeah, initially, it was when idea. they lit the individual uh, leaves, I thought, oh, it's a bit dull, isn't it, the cauldron? And then suddenly it's like rising yeah, it was, in the uh, air and forming... And the message thing. it sent out as well was yeah. like, it was rather than embracing celebrity culture... Get you know our great sportsman Tim Henman to uh, well you know Steve Redgrave whoever but yeah. a name David Beckham you know just a generation all these no names yeah oh it's great yeah, yeah it was a beautiful idea wasn't it well, yeah I mean there were kind of ups and downs in the opening ceremony but like two of the kind of uh, things he was trying to celebrate you know multiculturalism and the NHS mm. they were two of the worst bits in it despite the fact that they <laughs> were probably the purest intentions but with the cauldron it was a case of the execution and the intention both being, you know, on point. The day after um, the ceremony, I spent about an hour on the internet trying to work out if Thomas Heatherwick was born in South London, <laughs> just so we could do an episode about his stuff because I think his stuff is. Uh, You've done some pretty incredible stuff. Yeah, yeah, amazing. What he's an art, he's a designer, is he? Well, he's an architect originally, I think. Yeah, but, but it, it seems to be yeah public sense. art. He yeah. sort of moved into sort of like just large, large scale sculpture. Yeah. But and when you say that, you sort of think uh, it's going to be the worst, isn't it? <laughs> you say as well, you go, oh yes, uh, large scale public art. You say it's terrible, but it's not. It's actually brilliant. But there's really kind of interesting sort of one-off sort of industrial design pieces, like those kiosks that fold out. Have you seen those? No. There's done a few. Um, this one in Stone Square, there wasn't. But they're sort of like a like a little newsstand kind of thing. But it all sort of opens up. It's like a sort of. Oh, I think there's those? one on yeah. South Bank as well. Yeah, might be. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, is he from South London? Can we do a, Can we do an hour on him? I've seen that, that bridge as well that rolls up into a. Yeah. That's up in uh, Paddington Basin. It's unnecessary because you can just walk around a bit of water at crosses. <laughs> it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. It rolls yeah. up. It's kind of cool. Oh, I'll have a look into him. He's great. What's his name? Thomas Heatherwick. The B of the Bank as well in Manchester. That went really badly, didn't it? It sort of all fell apart. Yeah. Which was a bit unfortunate. It is a shame. But with the, with the, for the 10 minutes when it was up. <laughs> it was the biggest so sculpture sort of commission as well. Yeah, it yeah. Quite, it's quite but I say that cauldron, uh, I w- probably watched the sort of ascendant combination about five times in a row. I just thought it was um, bringing us back to Pink Floyd as well, isn't it? Of course, yeah. At number five, we've got from 2010 the Strata in the Elephant Castle. Yeah, 148 meters high, 43 stories, flats and uh, businesses. They've still got adverts outside for, for like, come and live here. Does that mean they can't sell it? I think there's still one more commercial unit up for grabs as well. They reckon that Costa and Crush are circling it. 
but you get the feeling that given it's been open for two years, if Costa had made an offer, they sort of go, yes, please, please come in, yeah. take our yeah. commercial unit. So is it a failure? On every level, really. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, I know they, they sold a lot of the flats off plan before sort of the recession kicked in. Uh-huh. So a lot of people tried to sort of extract themselves from it um, mm. because they obviously paid well over the odds based on a market pre-collapse, really. Um, You'd imagine, though, that with these projects, they can't base their budgets on full occupancy, can they? Well, I don't know. That's the assumption, isn't it? Really? Because like, obviously, as we learned in episode two, uh, the Elephant Castle Shopping Centre uh, didn't have full occupancy when it opened. It was supposed to, but again, so people managed to extricate themselves from the commitments that it didn't, and in fact, it never has. I mean, obviously, yeah. that's not an example of uh, something that's worth successful. Well, yeah, yeah, but it's still functional. It's still yeah. uh, able to maintain. I don't. But then again, obviously, that would be a completely different business plan to something that was built in two thousand and ten. Yeah, I heard that. Um John Terry was looking at the top flat um, for a while. I, don't, I presume he hasn't gone on carrying on with it. No. That would have classed the area, what? wouldn't it? Why? <laughs> what, is, what is it with Chelsea trying to move into South London, no? I can see John Terry living in Everton Castle there. <laughs> it's just uh, culture, isn't it? People all over. Yeah. I heard that um, on relatively good authority that um, Apex Twin lives around here as well. Um, yeah. He has like a sort of glass extension on one of the taller buildings around Everton. I don't know which one it is. But, um, well, I mean, in episode uh, two, as you said, Steve, obviously Steve uh, put forward the theory that the Michael Faraday Memorial uh, at Elephant Castle, you know, the kind of silver yeah, box, yeah. Uh, the theory that he lived inside there. Yeah, because people heard that he'd moved. People heard that he'd moved into the Elephant Castle. He moved into a converted bank at the time. But I think someone heard Apex okay. conversion and said, "Oh, yeah, he's converted a uh, electricity substation." And you can't really, can you, as we talked about, you can't. Hard to plumb, aren't they? That's the thing. You know. If you want to have a bath, you know, Apex Twins there, half a bottle of Dettol, ready to go. I, I quite like it as a building, man. I Do think you? it's all right, yeah. Really? Like, it was listed on this, I was on this website, yeah, in the worst ten, like, worst buildings in the world. Yeah. You haven't seen the other stuff, man. It won the uh, Carbuncle Cup uh, yeah. from Building Design, which is the worst go. building of the year. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when they say Carbuncle. Well, this is interesting. That was in August. August 2010, it won the Carbuncle Cup as the, as you say, the ugliest building year. In 2010, the Concrete Society Awards uh, gave it a special prize for uh, being brilliant as a building. I'm not a fan. I'm saying that now. I'm not a fan. No? I mean... Uh, was it the shape and the uh, cladding? Cladding doesn't help it. And the turbine. I don't mind well. the cladding. It looks like somebody's like, you know... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, he's got three turbines at the top that don't work. I mean, that's a just obviously tokenistic, is, isn't it? If they worked, it still wouldn't look good. If it, if no, it, but I mean, I'm just I'm just saying. It still. <laughs> I mean, the Isengard. It, 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 it does look like that. Yeah, I'll give you that. The razor. I've heard the razor more commonly. What does that mean, man? It looks like an electric. It looks like an electric razor. If you look at it, it looks does like it? Uh, yeah, yeah, it looks like a. I always have a wet shave. I'm not the man to ask, really. He's in my spray. Um, but apparently, if it was all working, the, um, it would do 8% of its uh, electricity usage, which would be sort of pretty much just light in the communal areas. It just doesn't seem worth it, does it? No, these <laughs> things aren't. And, and, and they don't work. And they don't work. <laughs> apparently, you've got to wait till a 
two years are up, then they'll re- release the official figures as to how it's performing. Well, I mean, you can look at it from any wherever you can see it from. The things are just not moving. No. It'd be like a windy yeah. day, and one of them's moving out yeah. of the three. Is yeah. it because of the angle? Is that? I don't know. I don't, I don't quite know what's going on. There. You think at least have the like decency you... to put like a motor in it and just make it look like it's? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just turn it on now and then. It's uh, electricity contribution is minus five percent. Right, number four, Steve. Uh, again, not a building. Something also that I wasn't aware of his existence. The Croydon transmitter. That's now, right. can I could do a quick spoiler that number two is going to be the Crystal Palace transmitter? <laughs> yeah, I think. Should we do them both at once? Well, there's similarities, aren't there? Yeah. They're complementary. Are they? Do they beam to each other? Well, uh, did, essentially, did they, the actually, Crystal so. Palace transmitter is the primary transmitter, and the Croydon transmitter has been very much the um, the poor cousin. Yeah. It's essentially been the backup. I mean, it's just, moment in the sun was Channel Five, wasn't it? Yeah, analog signal. What the uh, Croydon one? Yeah. yeah, Croydon was given Channel Five all to itself, which oh, tells wow. you about how how bad its position. Yeah, a lot was of people tuned in in those early days to see uh, they soft, tried, they soft tried, pop They tried to, but they couldn't get signal, could they? <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> because uh, it wasn't on a primary transmitter. Yeah, we couldn't. Um, I mean, growing up, um, it, I was always well aware that we had to point our aerial towards Crystal Palace. Um, like my dad was like that way like so every time you went to fix the aerial it was just ingrained that you were kind of you know like like south west it was (laughs) then we get our prem out but yeah Channel 5 we never got a picture on Channel 5 man you didn't miss much it was better in the early days wasn't it Channel 5 it served a purpose didn't it exactly and now it's just like was Hitler gay documentaries yeah and uh, no no, (laughs) Europa League football it's given us a good chance Thursday night Channel Five. Yeah, yeah. that's the only uh, thing of value from Channel Five as well. You can mock football teams for for being uh, not as successful as they might imagine, but still more, more successful than most. But in the last ten years, I mean, the other channels have just come down to Channel Five's level, haven't they? Well, this is the problem. Isn't so it? with I mean, with BBC One, BBC Two, BBC Three, not BBC Four, uh, ITV Channel Four. I mean, probably watch as much as I would watch on Channel 5 if I was actually watching them with the exception of live sport yeah I don't watch I don't either television no. on television anymore. I, mean, I am now for the Olympics but that's it the idea of watching a television programme imagine there are people that sit at home watching terrestrial television on Saturday night I haven't got a TV so you don't need one do you no, no. you got, you got your iPad and all that you? yeah so just watch it in your own time yeah you sort of the people sitting there going Ten minutes till it starts. Waiting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I didn't wait for stay in for something as well. Yeah, whatever. So I wait till next week for this. Download it illegally. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been any of our voices. <laughs> um, the quantum transmitter is one hundred and fifty-two meters high. Um, the crystal flash transmitter is two hundred nineteen meters high. And so are they bigger. now that we've switched off analog television? Are they? Uh, do they have any purpose? Um, they. Uh, the, the crystal power transmitter has been uh, turned into a digital transmitter. Oh, okay. Yeah. All so right. What about Croydon? Back up. Back up. Just in case. But I think it, Croydon's got a few digital radio stations. Mm. A few local London digital radio stations. As I say, it's always been uh, the sort of reserve of the two. It was It was given ITV. It's not uh, in Croydon either, is it? No, no. It's, it's in, uh, where's it, near your school, isn't it? Yeah, Upper Norwood, you'd call it, really. Yeah. It's, I mean, and uh, again, with both of them, the location is based on the fact that they're on the edge of the valley that London forms. So they have the height to project out across. The, where the Croydon transmitter is, there's um, uh, a block of flats across the road called Everest House. 
Uh, so named because it's got this wonderful panoramic view of London. I was actually uh, right next to uh, Crystal Palace transmitter last weekend for my mate Dave's wedding. He got married Church. at the transmitter? He got married at All Saints Church, which is like across the road from the transmitter. Mm. I've only been there once. I had a thoroughly miserable day, miserable day out, really. Uh, I don't think I saw the best of it. Crystal Palace, this is. Oh, okay. say the transmitter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't guess just for the transmitter. I went you went to the, the park? Yeah, I went for the, I went for yeah, the sort of comedy nice. dinosaurs, really. <laughs> yeah. And um, it, was, oh, it, was, it was a pretty dismal day, I think. That was an outfit. But, okay. Um, I've looked look around this little museum there, isn't it? Yeah, I'd really like the museum. Yeah, it was quite good. Yeah. You can look but at the athletics track, I found that quite entertaining. To look at an empty and, stadium. And that, I always like that. There was like an old woman there who was obviously quite chuffed that we'd come in, so she was sort of talking at us quite a lot about it. And she was, because there's a pool there, isn't there? Which is like, she was like, oh, it's going to be used for the Olympics. Yeah. This coming up, she goes, but oh, it just wasn't the right dimension. And I'm like, yeah, that was the reason, wasn't it? Because <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, when she says it wasn't the right dimensions, it is uh, an Olympic sized pool. The dimensions of the port aren't a problem. The infrastructure of the port. A couple of centimetres and we've had it. <laughs> it seats like probably 200 people. That would be the problem with the pool at Chris Pass. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember also, that. it's not in Stratford. But like <laughs> when you host these things, they just want you to build a load of new stuff, don't they? Yeah. As well yeah. as anything else. I remember when I went to Chris Pass Museum being struck by how um, passionate and engaged the volunteers were. It's a real sort of passion project. They it's they do fun, sort of jump. Yeah. They sort yeah. of walk in and go, "Just great, Crystal Palace." And they just like take you round every exhibit and just sort of talk. To you. And it's not they're not paid, and it's not it's not a thing where they've been told by their line manager that they need to meet and greet. They just community um, service want to possibly. Yeah, I've never been there. Man. Great, yeah. really good. Yeah. It's quite quite a big deal. I mean, like the history of it. Yeah, yeah. The bit that the sentence that sort of stuck in my mind on the sort of when I sort of explained about it is that in the opening part of the palace there was giant dancing monkeys in cages <laughs> <laughs> when was that ever appropriate <laughs> seems ridiculous no wonder they knocked it down oh, no, it burnt down they, they it? burnt it down probably uh, how did you burn down a crystal palace man well you get enough angry giant monkeys <laughs> I remember doing a, an exam in, in German architectural studies and um, it was about the history of architecture and um there was, a, was an image, it was of Crystal Palace. I wasn't sure if it was, but I sort of said, oh, it's whatever date it was. And I said, similar to Crystal Palace, or that might give me some points. And it's got a line through it that said, it is Crystal Palace. It's like sort of full stop. And it's like, oh, okay. So you get zero for that? Zero, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was hedging my bets, and I thought, you know, no. Was this the Park Warrior exams? A running gag's a running gag, I've got to feel that. It was uh, the tallest uh, structure in London mm. until the arrival of one Canada Square in 1991. A.K.A. Canary Wolf. That's quite a run, isn't it, for um, for South London to have? Yeah, is it not? So is there an equivalent in North London somewhere? Of the transfer? Transfer? Yeah. Yeah, up in Alexandria Palace. Yeah. That, that um, took over. Uh, when the BBC did their first sort of broadcast, there, didn't they? Yep. Oh, right, okay. That's that's helped out by topography, really, isn't it? It's already mm. done half the work, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is it, isn't it? It's, yeah, the case of London being a valley yeah. and uh, Alexandra Palace and Crystal Palace being at the, the sort of rim of it at the top. Mm. So it's like Britain are getting bronze and silver in, in events, Steve. What's that? Is that the. Uh, 
Gymnastics. Why has the bloke given the medal got a medal on? <laughs> one for me, <laughs> one for you. Showing his credentials. Can we have that silver medal back, please? We need it. So between number two and number four, Steve, we've got number three, which is number one, Nine Elms. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say, one take, yeah? That's what we're calling <laughs> one take map, uh, yeah? And it's not completed, it's, uh, but we stuck it in the list because we only had nine buildings otherwise, because there's only nine buildings in well, the top Also, it's a fascinating, uh, it's a fascinating enterprise, the whole thing, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. Um, when it is built, there's going to be two towers. Uh, one's going to be 200 metres high with 58 storeys. One's going to be 160 metres high with 43 storeys. Um, it looks remarkable. Um, they're going to have 487 apartments, a 209-room hotel... And 11,000 square feet of uh, office space. And uh, this is the place we spotted when we were up on the uh, Nunhead Reservoir, which I wonder if any of our listeners have, uh, were not there for oh, to explore. I don't think they have. I thought about it. Yeah, well, well worth a go. Just it? some light trespass. I mean, you, know. you don't have to go underneath a gate. There is, a, at the end of a street, there is a... A massive hole in the fence. You I just wasn't climb put through. off by the trespass element. That sounded yeah. quite good. But I just, <laughs> I just put off by the non-head element. This man. No, I'll get down there. Well, yeah, um, yeah. We spotted uh, we spotted it under construction, didn't we? It was the first I'd really noticed it. Yeah. And uh, where you've got the lift shaft coming has already been built. I mean, that's what you build first, isn't it? The core. Yeah. Mm. It looks like you said it looked like a bottle of wine today, didn't it you? Did, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a kind of cylindrical I mean. It looks like it's going to be. Right? I haven't seen a full. For the finish lines, they look. It looks like there's sort of flat panels either side. Okay. But yeah, yeah. It takes us back to the thing we were talking about earlier. Um, Four hundred eighty-seven apartments. Fifty-one of those are going to be um, affordable housing, which is nice. Yeah. I mean, it's fifty-one more than. Uh... Most buildings, isn't it? Yeah. Well, they have to hit a certain percentage these days. I yeah. suppose to get allowing. Yeah. It's going to incorporate a public square between the two towers, which means, and within the tower is um, cultural and community space. Okay, I do love a bit of cultural space. <laughs> yeah, Make space for culture. Um, people have got some concerns about the design. Um, the idea of the two uh, towers forming like a wind tunnel, essentially between. Okay. Space. And what would the problem with that be? Blow all the culture away. Yeah. Culture's going everywhere. Two towers haven't really gone particularly well apart, has it? This is the other thing, isn't it? Yeah. That's why we built Isengard. (laughs) I don't know. Does that even work, Lord of the Rings gag? Not really. No, we'll cut that out then. (laughs) Um, People are also concerned about um, shadows from the buildings being cast on existing parks nearby. But on the website... I like shade. Well, that's, it, that's one thing. But on the website, they've addressed that concern by assuring people that the buildings won't cast shadows on the... Uh, <laughs> the like uh, and they're like, okay. <laughs> I mean, some people say that, but it won't. Yeah, that's, uh, surely it will, because that's not how the sun works. You don't get to decide. It's very easy to work out, isn't it? I mean, it's not, it's not like... It's theoretical. You can sort of you can, map, you can map it out. We don't have to guess, do you? you? Just sort of... Give me a pen and a map, and I'll yeah. tell you yeah. if it causes shadow. Exactly. Yeah. Or you can just sort of like build a model on an A to Z and just flash a torch in it and go, yeah, that is going to go right over, you know. Yeah. Science. Well, this is what it's all been building up to, isn't it, Steve? Number one, what is the tallest uh, building in South London? What is the tallest building in Western Europe? 
The Shard. The Shard. No surprises there. Open this year? It's uh, it's new, yeah. Yeah. Bang up to date. 309.6 metres. 72 storeys. It's remarkable, isn't it? Incredible. You say the tallest in London, tallest in Europe. Designed by a man called... Renzo Piano. Yeah, great in that. Like, as in the Pia Pia Piano. Yeah. Exactly the same. Yeah, you wrote that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Just self-promotion. Renzo Piano, uh, like uh, Enzo Goldfinger, it sounds like a James Bond villain, doesn't it? Or some sort of super villain. the Piano. I don't know a great deal about it. I don't know how much you know about him. Um, I'm a big fan of his work, actually. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, he's done some very nice stuff, as far as I'm concerned. And of the sort of big, sort of, uh, you know, international architects out there, like your Norman Fosters and your, your Rogers and stuff like that, I think he's the most sort of uh, sensitive and sort of right on. Sensible as well, maybe. Sensible as well, yeah. Well, he's um, been openly contemptuous of tall buildings in the past, which is quite interesting. That's the sort of person you want making a tall building. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He sort of, so the fact that he's decided to do something on this scale, you can't take it lightly. He's not someone who's going... Don't know what it's going to be, but I'll tell you what, it's going to be huge. He's someone who's gone past, I need to make these things big. If you yeah. insist. He was inspired by railway lines, church spires, and the masts of sailing ships. The idea of these tall things and industrial constructions around the area. It is um, remarkably sort of delicate, considering how monumental it is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's, there's a lot shorter buildings that feel more sort of... Imposing. Yeah. yeah. It's... Uh, I think it's been very well executed, personally. So there were some people disappointed about the way the light comes off it, Steve. Yeah, that's a sort of key part of the design, isn't it? I think, as you say, in terms of like softening the effect of it, um, Piano decided to have it as a, a, a sort of glazed building, and the idea was that it would re- sort of reflect the light and the seasons around around it. So like a shard of glass. Like a shard of glass. But that's not where the name comes from, of course. That comes from... A quote from English Heritage uh, when they first saw. You're the not flags. putting that shard in the middle. Um, they described it as a shard of glass through the heart of historic London. So uh, it's a nice bit of uh, appropriation on behalf of the shard to sort of go where uh, you're saying that. It's a mm. bad thing. We're actually definitely doing that. Like that uh, Banksy book that has on the back, uh, you're not getting a quote from us yeah, from yeah. your book. <laughs> the uh, Metropolitan Police. Yeah. Yeah, he used a, what he used. They used uh, eleven thousand panes of glass. Ninety-five percent of the uh, construction materials recycled. That's a good stat. Fantastic, isn't it? Mm. Do you know how many taller buildings there are in the world? I'm gonna uh, guess three. Owen Pomery. It's got me at, at OD Pomery on Twitter. OwenPomery.com. It's got to be plenty more than that. I reckon we're talking over ten. Fifty-eight. 58 apparently but they all don't all have to be like much bigger do they I suppose no this is true yeah. just stick a mast on it and they do that all the time just to cheat them. Uh, it contains office space um, a 200 uh, room hotel three floors of restaurants space to play with it's Nando's yeah I don't know all the main ones Nando's McDonald's but again to make the point we were talking about affordable housing earlier um, 
there's 10 apartments mm. up for grabs. With 360 degree views of London. Yeah. It's going mm-hmm. for uh, £50 million pounds a piece. So Are they not different prices? Because obviously they're... Oh, I don't know. Unless I you're mean, on the same floor. I mean, it's like 10 people. floors down from you. And like he's got like an extra yeah, bedroom. You're ten floors up. You've got a better view, so oh. probably you think a decrease in size is increasing. What would you go for out those the two options? I'd go for smaller and higher. I mean, I'd go for bigger and. Uh, would you go for in the middle, Steve? That's <laughs> <laughs> <I> settled. <laughs> Three bears now. I'll have my boys. He's only got to win the lottery. What is it? Eight weeks in a row to be able to afford one. So. Um, <laughs> you know, so. And I've won it six weeks in a row. So. Almost. Maybe you just get a free bed semi, innit? <laughs> Save the rest. Yeah. There was a, a bit of a wobble over financing. There's a recession, apparently. It's uh, affecting how much money people have to spend on uh, giant buildings in the middle of London. But the Qataris came in, as they do, because they've got all the money. Um, and invested, got an 80% share in it. So they've got essentially controlling interest in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But, and as far as I understand, as far as I've read, they're investment is Sharia compliant which means it can't use money earned through interest oh right okay which also I don't know but if Do they that's serve pork in there well this is the thing if that's if that's going to be the case people are already saying I can't really have a hotel man that's yeah. well, well, but, but also an office space uh, any business to do with alcohol gambling as you say or anyone who makes money from interest yeah does it does sort of limit and all twenty percent of the offices surely can uh, do what they want. <laughs> yeah, it's three floors of restaurants. So make sure you go to the one where they can uh, <laughs> do pork and you can get a lug. Yeah, they should put Bodines in there, shouldn't they? <laughs> did either of you uh, witness the light show? Yeah, that's did, one of the worst experiences. Did, yeah. did anyone really? Witness I've got the a picture show. of it here, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is out the well, south on the press. Shards light, fantastic, right? Lasers all over the place. The whole thing's lit up. Tron, isn't it? Uh, like oh, it's an artist's view. <laughs> uh, but this nothing. this is clearly written. The whole thing is obviously written before uh, before the actual light show because it just it just uh, you know. Oh, here we go. A spectacular laser and light show was expected to be seen in South London, but it was uh, it was pathetic, wasn't it? It was nothing more than a bloke with a laser pointer pen. <laughs> arbitrarily sort of shining it out over it was it was embarrassing it was it was appalling wasn't it the f- and I, I googled when I was looking up a Crystal Palace transmitter when they had some kind of I don't know if it was when the analogue went off but they had a far better uh, light Laser, show up yeah. maybe it's easier because it's uh, you know what I mean it's smaller and it's just yeah. you know framework but yeah we uh, me and my dad's like I know it's on I, I wasn't really aware of it until sort of about an hour before people were going oh I'm going to go to see the Shard Light Show yeah. and obviously we only live up the road really um, so like 10 to um, I said to my dad do you want to just go up the road and should we go and see this this amazing laser show on the Shard so we walked up uh, Portland Street to uh, in East Street uh, on East Street Market there's a park that comes off just off it called Nursery Row which is the name of the road that I think the park was built over something like that and so we went there and you got like a lovely view of it and uh, yeah, basically nothing happened, did it? It's just the kind of light on top just kind of changed colour. There was no, there were no lasers. I mean, I live like, very close to the base of it, so I walked to Bermondsey Street where you get a beautiful view. You can see it right down to the base. You know, it's sort of 
mm. the whole thing. So, so that's going to be prime location. But and as this suggests, it's going to be a three hundred and sixty degree affair. It was only on two sides that it was doing stuff, which were the two facing North London. I was going to say yeah, it's North London. Um, and you could sort of see that that side was being illuminated more. So we we wandered round to sort of get a bit more of it. Um, but, as, as people said at the time, it immediately betrayed itself under roots, didn't it? <laughs> people. That's the thing. Um, when you look at that, my looking at that artist impression in terms of have a look at, I would be uh, intimidated to go where you went. I mean, you'd assume that you're just going to be blinded by these uh, lasers. It was a worry. It's, yeah. not, it's not exactly King's Reach Tower taking off, is it? It's not quite, but you still. I'd put on like Factor Forty just in case. You know, it's, it's like uh, some UV flying out there. But as it turns out, you know. Yeah. But anyway, when we got to this park, right, um, there were a load of people there. There were like 50 people up on this mound. And they got this weird, like, sort of, uh, like, kind of this stone circle type thing, you know, almost kind of stonehenge kind of maybe a bit like the uh, opening scene of 2001. Mm-hmm. You know, where you just got, like, this kind of gathering. And, like, people were just waiting for stuff to happen. People would, like, come out of their flats. And it's a really nice park, man, mm. they've got, like, hanging gardens. Um, but yeah so it just was an absolute disaster right like you know nothing happened and then this guy was quite drunk and had been shooting his mouth off a bit he just started to he took it upon himself to kind of start kind of being a tour guide and talking it up he goes yeah this is this is the Shard the tallest building in uh, Western Europe Uh, I can see it from my house like everyone's just like waiting for something to happen and this guy just relentlessly uh, explained he goes this is brilliant but it wasn't brilliant nothing yeah, Nothing people seem exactly. to congregate. Uh, Telegraph Hill wasn't a very popular spot, wasn't it? People seem to congregate at good sort of yeah, vantage points. There was a good batch of people where we were um, until they realised there wasn't really anything going on. I mean, I, I still say if you just got a cheap box of fireworks, done it off the top. Still, yeah, it fireworks still would have been better. Yeah, I mean, everyone's bored of fireworks, but still better than <laughs> lasers, <laughs> aren't yeah, they? Exactly. Yeah. I thought lasers would have come on a bit because remember when they first sort of came out, mm. someone do a bit of a laser show and like, oh. That's going to be good in a few years. <laughs> it's not come on. That's an apple, We're still not there, yeah. are we? It's a learning curve. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for coming, Owen. Uh, You're welcome. That wraps up our uh, South London skyscrapers buildings. If we can get you back, maybe, for like the smallest buildings in South London. <laughs> like my <laughs> nan lives in a boxes, bungalow, and, yeah. and that's quite small. <laughs> yeah, we could do that. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, maybe the listeners can decide. We'll record it from your nan's house, and it'll just be 40 minutes of you telling the dog to get out of the room, and it? Be nice. My name don't want you around the house, <laughs> Not after last time. <laughs> yeah, Owen, so people, they can get hold of your uh, stuff, can't they? Uh, between the billboards. That's, 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 uh, that's the comic book you uh, put out. That's right. Owenpomery.com. Uh, you can get from Steve Shop as well, Gosh Comics, uh, One Barrett Street, GoshLondon.com. At the moment, we've actually got uh, some very nice other material that Owen dropped off. Uh, yeah, it's page. a free postcard, isn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah. two-page Benson uh, Yeah, Benson. Yeah. Uh, the, One cheap promotional uh, material. For, the postcards are all gone. The postcards went... Uh, really? Yeah, because they're gorgeous, aren't they? It's not, oh, who's leaving those? Nice yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you've got uh, Benson. Benson's. Your... Uh, weekly. Yeah, weekly about the Maverick uh, Cafe proprietor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What will you do next? Yeah, it's funny, man. Get on it on <laughs> owenpomery.com. And they can buy your postcards off there as well, can't they? Which okay, are really yeah, great, yeah, man. Yeah. Hopefully get some more prints up soon, so there'll be a bit more of a selection as well. So 
Probably. Yeah. And you'll probably do something for the show, isn't it, with the big buildings, isn't it? I'll see what I can do. Me, me and Steve, up. we were, uh, you know, fantasising about what it might be, right? Yeah. What you might possibly do for the show. If you had the time on your hands, you know, you've got a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the best we could come up with was uh, Steve climbing up the shard, right? <laughs> with, uh, the, uh, yeah, like him holding me in one hand. And then maybe... <laughs> he had blonde, blonde hair, obviously. And so you in a biplane shooting at him. So probably not that. Because right. you you look like uh, an RAF fighter pilot hero. Yeah, very much. He so. looks like yes. a beautiful woman, and I look like a monkey. <laughs> so it's, it's just tapping. It's tapping into yeah. uh, existing material, isn't it? And the shard is basically our Empire State Building, isn't it? Yes, Empire State of Mind, isn't it? I think I need to point out as well that when we were talking about this and mentioned you in RAF uniform, Jack went into another reverie about you uh, looking like Michael Fassbender. And yeah, yeah Glorious Bastards, isn't glorious it? Bastards. You've seen the Glorious Bastards. Yeah, it's a good He's great in it, man. He's really, really good in it. Yeah. He's brilliant. He's not an RAF pilot, though, is he? He's a soldier. No, yeah. yeah. But he does. Can't, stuff, you can't have it all. He does the yeah. Pomery thing. <laughs> 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 and uh, we're on Twitter at SLHC Podcast, SouthlandHardcore.com. Uh, did I give out all the Twitters earlier? No, that was on the show we recorded this morning, wasn't it? <laughs> Deptford. Uh, at Vince Wales at Jack McEnroe also at Yids uh, at O.D. Pomery O.D.P. O.M.E.R.Y. Correct. Correct.